Friends, we just gave our tithes and offerings to God, and one of the things that the resources of this church has been enabled us to do is to send people from our congregation to serve in different places of the world through our mission trips. We had uh, teams serving in 11 different countries in the world this year, and you're going to see the names of the countries coming up. But more than the names or the geographic places, they were outside of our comfort zones here on the top of this hill to serve in different places, in Los Angeles, in downtown L.A., in Minnesota, and so many other different countries. But more than the travel, they were there to meet people like you and I who are serving Christ and be in contact with our partners around the world. We could mention so many examples and things that they did. For example, a person, a Muslim person in Cairo was so impacted by the kindness and the service of our team in Cairo that he was given his testimony of something that he changed in his life. Or a woman in Ethiopia that got teaching and leadership and care for and health care for her children in one of the villages in Ethiopia. Or a little child in the, the jungles of the Amazon who heard for the first time about the love of Christ through the members of this, this congregation. A friend of, the, of us here from the church put together something that they were in 10 different countries, uh, plus uh, 200 plus volunteers from Bel Air serving that serve over fi- uh, 52,000 hours of service to the global church in many different places. And if we could count the miles that they travel, it was more than a million miles traveled this summer. And I would like to invite all the people who have been in a mission trip this year, please stand up, whatever you are, just for us to recognize you. There are, there are many more who are not here with us today. And thank you for being the voice of Bel Air and the face of the people of God in different places representing this church. We are so honored to serve together. And do you know what? For all of you who have not been brave, brave enough to be in a mission trip, <laughs> we are invited to meet this missionary. <laughs> that was not a joke, but it's very serious. <laughs> you are invited to meet these brave missionaries after the 11 o'clock service. And to bribe you, we are going to give you free food. <laughs> so drop the restaurant that we were planning to go and bring your friends and stay with us for after the 11 o'clock service today. We are going to have a, a nine short movies of the mission trips. It's an opportunity for you to have a taste of what our friends from Bel Air experienced and they were transformed and impact as they serve the global church. So I hope to see you after 11 o'clock in partnership, a project in partnership with the Beacon Ministries and, uh, and the Outreach Department. And talking about missions, I have the privilege to introduce to you today to one of my, my dearest friends, uh, Tim Yi. A lot of people from Bel Air know him, and uh, he served here before Bel Air since 1998 to 2002. And he did great things, and one of the greatest things that he did was to shape uh, the way that uh, TJ is. So if you need a conversation with Tim Yi afterwards, you can have it. And uh, he met his wife, Katie, here at Bel Air in 2000, and they got 2002. 2000? Married in 2000. And Katie was graduated from USC and Tim from UCLA. So you guys have to pray for their relationship, you know, because it's hard there. So, and Tim now is the mission pastor at St. Andrews Presbyterian Church in Orange County, suffering for Jesus on those places here in Orange County. Has been a great friend. We have got together several times to pray together and uh, just a great person to be around. We traveled together to Mexico some time ago and just learning from him 
his depth and his thought and the way that he reflects in the word of God, his sense of uh, uh, transparency and integrity in the way that uh, he serves, and especially his pastoral heart. I was so impacted. I want to be his friend the first time I, I laid my eyes on him. So it's a privilege to have Tim here with us, and please welcome Tim and Katie here with us. Thank you, brother. Come back, Steve. Let me pray for Tim and as uh, he preached the word of God to us this morning. Father, we thank you so much for men and women who are instruments of your grace and inspiration for the life of our church in our days. And we thank you so much for Tim, for the privilege of having him here with us this morning. We thank you for his ministry here at Bel Air and in St. Andrew's Press and throughout the world where we have taken him. We thank you for Katie and their lives and their testimony of your faithfulness and your grace for your church. And we ask that you will speak to us through Tim this morning. Challenge us. Challenge us to live a life that's closer to you and your values and your kingdom. In Christ Jesus we pray. Amen. 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 Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Enoch. Well, Enoch and I will have to have a define the relationship talk afterward. I didn't know the first time he laid eyes on me he had those kinds of feelings. And so we'll uh, debrief that. But um, I know I got it going on. Yeah, it happens. Uh, it is great to be back here at Bel Air, and, you're, and it is true. You can blame me if you like, but uh, uh, getting to know TJ when he was in college, you should have seen him back then. He was skinny and dorky. He spent time in, like, the computer science lab at UCLA, and then I took control. <laughs> and so, ladies, you're welcome for the uh, incredible view you get each week. Showed him how to work out and, you know, look cool. <laughs> but uh, this, great memories here at St. Andrews. From being at St. Andrews now, great memories now being at Bel Air. We've been at St. Andrews suffering for the Lord in Newport Beach for the last six years. Katie and I have been married uh, since 2000. We got married right here, right on this spot. And uh, this place has so many memories for us to see what God has done in this place and what God continues to do, it's just an honor uh, to be a part of what God is doing. And so uh, it is uh, the World Communion Sunday. I am the mission pastor, and so I wanted to, in the spirit of that, to greet you in the language of the, the country that I was born in. And so, good morning. Born and raised Southern California, don't speak a word of Chinese, um, but I love Chinese food. And in fact, our first date, it was a, our, <laughs> our first date was a, it was a, well, it wasn't a blind date, it was a, it was a stealth date. She didn't know it was a date. We went to get dim sum right down on Wilshire at that uh, dim sum place on Wilshire and Barrington. So we, good memories here in LA and, and what an honor it is to come and, and to be here with you. And the great truth is this, is, you know, I've, kind of kept in touch with Roger and Enoch and Mark over the years. And, but as I look out at this, at this crowd, it's a lot of faces I don't know. And as you look at me, you go, well, he looks good, but we don't know who he is. So, um, but as we share this moment together, the great truth is this, is that Jesus Christ, the Good Shepherd, arrived before you ever came here this morning. And he's been waiting for you. And I don't know what your needs are. I don't know what your fears are. I don't know what your worries are. But the good thing is that the Good Shepherd does. And so no matter what I say, what we do, what songs we sing, the Good Shepherd is here this morning. And he's saying, I want to be with you. And so as we get into God's Word, we just want to proclaim that truth that God is good. 
and that God is here. So I'm going to ask you to stand and we're going to do something we don't normally do in good Presbyterian churches is read the scripture twice. Oh my goodness, we are getting so biblical. So we're going to read Psalm 23 together out loud. I'll say this is the word of the Lord and in good Presbyterian tradition, you'll say the top of your lungs. Thanks be to God. Let's hear God's word from Psalm 23. Let's read this together. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. And he restores my soul. God, he's being, yes, as his name's sake. <laughs> as I walk through the valley of the shadow of fear no evil. You are with me. The rod and your staff, they comfort me. And you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup flows. Surely goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. The Lord, as our shepherd from Psalm 23, the one thing I want us to see today is actually to unlearn a couple things, to unlearn a couple misconceptions about the 23rd Psalm. See, I see this Psalm as a Psalm for everyday life. And usually as a pastor, and maybe you, as you've gone to church and gone to other services, when do you normally hear the 23rd Psalm? Funerals. It's like the Psalm of death, you know? And unfortunately, it shouldn't be relegated to that kind of area only. It's a beautiful song that we read, of course, uh, times of death and the, the bedside. But it really should be in other places um, where God wants us to look for him as our shepherd every day. Um, it is a bit of an awkward psalm to read at weddings, if you think about it. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. <laughs> You know, that'd be an awkward moment to read Psalm 23 at a wedding. But beside that, the Lord as our shepherd is a truth for everyday life. It's not just for funerals, it's for today. And see, Christian bookstores haven't helped us a lot because we kind of picture Psalm 23 as as this idyllic uh, green pastures with little sheep walking around and girls with bonnets on. And they're taking care of the sheep. It's the 23rd Psalm. It's pure and it's sweet. That's a picture we get, you know, from our Christian media. And it's a nice try, but if you take a look at this passage, if you knew the original context, I just went to Israel this last April, and I saw the wilderness where shepherds took their sheep. And guess what? It ain't green. It is dry. It is brown. It is dark. It is dangerous. It is hilly. It is a tough place. And so when David, who himself was a what? Shepherd. When he is writing this song, this poem, this psalm, he's imagining his own life and he's imagining God as shepherd. And God as shepherd in the, in the dry wilderness leading his people to this oasis, this little green patch in the midst of the dry and arid wilderness. It's a place of danger with wild animals, with thieves, with people coming to kill and to attack and to destroy It was a place where where David said in verse 2, Lord, lead me beside the still waters. You see, if you go to Israel even today, they still have flash floods. It'll be bright and sunny like today. Suddenly a storm hits, just like yesterday hit parts of Orange County. Even It does rain in Orange County, by the way. Um, And so flash floods will come after 15 minutes. You could be standing there taking a little hike in Israel, and then suddenly 
torrents of rain, the waters come. How would a sheep know when it's safe to take a drink of water? Only when the shepherd would lead them to a time when the valleys and the ravines made the water still. Because when that flash flood came, it was like an earthquake going through the whole area. And so the shepherd is smart. The shepherd is tough. Walking through this dry wilderness where it's dangerous, leading to green pastures, little green areas in this dry and arid wilderness, leading to still waters where it's dangerous. Psalm 23 is for people not in this bonnets and beautiful, idyllic green pastures laying around. It's for people going through everyday life. It's for single people who long to be married. It's for married people who are having difficult time in their family. It's for people who are scared about their finances. It's for right now. It's for every day. And the shepherd is here this morning saying, I know your fears and know your worries. And it's a psalm for right now. And he says, I want to come. And as David prayed that there will be no fear, for he knows that the shepherd is with him. So I want you to know that Psalm 23 is for everyday life. It's not just for the funerals. It's for right now, for today, for wherever you're at, whatever you're going through, the shepherd says, I want to be with you. And the second thing I don't want to do to undo maybe a misconception we have is this picture of the shepherd himself. And again, our Christian bookstores and media don't really help us out. Do you remember that picture of Jesus growing up in the Sunday school room? What did it look like? He had Jesus with a beautiful smile. He had beautiful flowing blonde hair and gorgeous deep blue eyes, beautiful white teeth like he just went to the orthodontist. And smiling and beaming and looking at you. He'd have a sheep in one arm and patting a child with his other hand. And as Philip Yancey calls it, this is the Mr. Rogers Jesus. It's, it's nice guy Jesus. It's sweater vest Jesus. Yay! Right? And that's the picture we get of Jesus. And so you combine that with the picture of Psalm 23, this beautiful, frolicly pasture. Then you insert nice sweater vest Jesus in there, just hugging you, making you feel good and warm. And then you don't understand that this Jesus, the shepherd, the one that David is praying to, this Lord, this good shepherd, is a warrior. He's a fighter. This was a dangerous place with dangerous things. When David talked about the shepherds, his rod and his staff, they comfort me. How do these things comfort a sheep? The rod and the staff could be used as weapons. If I could show you this thing, I've actually seen a, a, a shepherd's rod uh, from the Middle East. And it's this long stick with a big wooden ball at the end. One solid piece with one swing cracking a skull like that. Shepherds in the ancient times, even still today, they are bad dudes. You don't want to mess with these guys. They are rough. They are tough. They are smelly. They are dirty. They get down into the stuff. They fight and they battle. David himself, again, was a shepherd, right? And before he was anointed king, he was telling King Saul, look, let me fight Goliath. Even though I'm a shepherd boy, I'm going to tell you, I killed a lion and a bear with my own hands. Shepherds were warriors. They were bad dudes. I want you to think instead of sweater vest Jesus as shepherd, I want you to think of like Mel Gibson Braveheart, you know, shepherd. I want you to think of like ultimate fighting champion shepherd. That's the picture I want you to get when you read Psalm 23. Not frolicky green hills and girls in bonnets. That's all good and cute. 
and not sweater vest Jesus. I want you to see the warrior Jesus, the good shepherd, battling for your soul and battling for you. The Mr. Rogers Jesus with the flowing hair, that's an okay picture. But Jesus Christ took the cross and he battled for you. Your shepherd took that cross and it wasn't the nails that held him. It was a thought of you, the thought of me being separated from him for eternity. And scripture says that Jesus Christ took the cross for the joy set before him. You know what that means? That he thought of you and he thought of me and the cross and all the pain and all the suffering, not only physically, but spiritually being separated from the Father from the first time. Jesus said, all that pain was a joy for the chance that you would be with me for eternity. Does that make sense? This is making sense. Give me a sign here. You hearing this? Jesus, the warrior, the good shepherd, is battling for you. He fought for you on the cross. And he says, it is done, it is done. Once you get this picture of this good shepherd who battles for you. He still battles today. Uh, one of the ministries our church supports, uh, me being a mission pastor, it's exciting to see the things we're doing globally, things we're doing locally. Just down the street from Newport Beach is one of the toughest, poorest areas of Orange County. And our church has invested actually hundreds of thousands of dollars into a local community to try to see what God would do as we partnered with um, our friends there uh, in this one part of Costa Mesa. And a story there um, that happened uh, recently, a young boy was coming to one of the midweek ministry clubs that, are, uh, that the ministry runs, and he was there showing up for this event, and this boy was named Brian. And that day he had a particular urge to play this old-fashioned game of peekaboo. So he was running around the group, and he's laughing continuously throughout this game. He's just running around, laughing, laughing, and his laugh got so loud he started crying practically. This uncontrollable laughter. One of his uh, friends tried to get him to stop and say, Brian, be quiet, you're laughing too much. But his other cousin Edie said this. She said, I like it that he's laughing because Brian comes from a sad home, and he doesn't get to laugh really anywhere except when he comes to church and when he comes to this ministry. And Brian overheard, overheard his cousin uh, sharing about this. And he said this. He looked up with a smile and a grin on his face. And he said, I have to laugh when people talk about Jesus. Because he makes everything okay. That's a community where we have people just like you. Living there and working there and ministering to some of the poorest in our area. Trying to give hope. Representing Jesus the good shepherd, Jesus the warrior, who's willing to go wherever there's a need, to go to the least and to the last and to the lost, Jesus shows up. Not sweater vest Jesus. Warrior Jesus shows up and he battles for Brian's soul and battles for his life. Does Jesus want Brian to remain in poverty? No way. Does Jesus want Brian to remain in a a school system that's maybe underserving his needs? Does Jesus want Brian's family to continue to be broken and sad? No way. Because when we pray that prayer from the Lord's Prayer that says this, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Where? On earth as it is in heaven. That prayer every time we pray is saying, God, we want your heavenly realities to be made here on earth right now through me. You are the power, Lord, but use me. You are the warrior shepherd. I want to be part 
of your kingdom expansion. And so Jesus, the good shepherd, the warrior shepherd, looks at kids like Brian and says, I'm battling for you, for your soul, for your entire life. That's what Jesus, the good shepherd, says to you. What are your fears? What are your needs here this morning? Like I said this morning, I have no idea what your needs are, what your fears are, whether financially or relationally. Jesus says, I know. Psalm 23 says that he will go with us and he can remove your fear. He will battle for your soul. He will battle for your life. And he promises to be with you. This is a dangerous place, Psalm 23 shows. This is everyday life. You notice there are enemies in Psalm 23. There's thirsting in Psalm 23. There are deserts in Psalm 23. There's evil and dark valleys in Psalm 23. This is for everyday life. You know, the interesting thing is actually in Psalm 22, you have David writing another psalm, and it it's actually says this, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Does that sound familiar? Jesus on the cross battling for you, battling for me. That's Psalm 22. You know what Psalm 24 is? Psalm 24 is talking about the King of glory, the victorious Savior, risen Messiah, Jesus coming back for you and for me. Psalm 22 is a psalm of agony, pointing to the future Messiah who will battle on the cross for you, for our sins. Psalm 24 is looking forward to that day where this victorious king will return and renew himself, his his kingdom, as he brings himself as king on this earth. Psalm 23 is where I spend most of my days, somewhere in between. It's a psalm for everyday life, knowing that the warrior king will always be with us, never leave us, never forsake us. So let me ask you again, what are you afraid of? What are your fears? I want you to know that Jesus, the good shepherd, is a warrior. He wants a battle for you if you would throw yourself in his arms and come under his leadership. What a perfect time as we celebrate the Lord's table. It's communion, the broken body, the spilt blood. We take this, uh, this bread, we take this cup. And Jesus reminds us of Psalm 22 that he battled for us. He thought of you, he thought of me. You might be here this morning and you're saying, Tim, I'm not a Christian. I'm not a Jesus follower yet. And I didn't ask Jesus to battle for me on the cross. I'm a good person. I do good things. I'm moral. I'm nice. And you have a point. But you know how that saying goes that that if you think you have a clear conscience, really you just have a bad memory? (laughs) Because most of us, if you really think about it, we're imperfect. We're selfish. We have secrets. We've lied. See, no one is really good. Jesus took that cross dying for people just like you. Good, moral people. Because Jesus knew that you could never be good enough or moral enough to earn your way into the kingdom. So Jesus says, don't even try. I'll take the blame for all your wrongs, all your shortcomings, all the acts of indifference about injustice. I take on that sin. All the times you're selfish and fail to give to the poor, I take on that sin. Every time you fail to share your faith, I take on that sin. Jesus battled for you on the cross. And so this morning you might say, I'm a good person, I'm a good person. No one's good. I'm not good. And so as we look towards the Lord's Supper, we are reminded that each one of us need the saving grace of Jesus Christ, the warrior shepherd. This might be the very morning you say yes to the shepherd to come into your life. Not to fix your problems. Because the shepherd is the only one who has the right to lead your life.
What are you hungry for? What do you thirst for? And for you Christians here who are going to partake in the Lord's Supper, you know what this is? This is taking of the body, taking of His blood, and we are literally recommitting our lives to the warrior king. We're saying, Jesus, we know you're the kind of shepherd who goes into dark places, who walks into dark valleys, who confronts evil, who confronts injustice. And we say in taking the Lord's Supper this morning, I recommit myself to your mission, Jesus, as warrior, shepherd, king. It's a big deal. Are you ready to do that? And Jesus says, I know you fall short. I know you doubt. It's okay. Come. Come and be with me. I like how Brendan Manning says how, how the end of all time will look like. At an exact day and hour known only to the Father, Jesus Christ, the King of glory, will upstage all the beautiful, famous, and powerful people who have ever lived. Every man and woman who has ever drawn breath will be appraised, evaluated, and measured solely in terms of the relationship with a carpenter from Nazareth. So let me ask you, do you know this shepherd? This shepherd warrior king is battling for your soul on the cross. He's battling for your life so that it isn't boring and pointless. He wants to infuse your everyday life with his power, with his peace. He promises to be with you in the darkest valleys. He promises to be with you in the most boring days. He promises to be with you as you wait for relationships to find healing. The shepherd warrior king says, I am battling for you. He did it on the cross and he still does it today. I pray that you would meditate on Psalm 23 this week. You would take some time and say, Lord, great warrior shepherd, teach me where I'm afraid. Show me where I'm hungry. And show me my need for you. And show me how I can participate in the expansion of your kingdom. Jesus is battling for kids like Brian. Will you join him in the battle? As Mark says, making this city the greatest city for Jesus Christ. Guess what the plan is? You. <laughs> You're the plan to make this city the greatest place in the name of Jesus Christ. What a prayer. What a hope. Will you join me in prayer? Father, we thank you for your presence. Jesus, you are the good shepherd. You arrive before we ever did. And you look upon us with love. I pray for those who've never said yes to your saving grace, who've never said, yes, I need you as a shepherd. Lord, help them to say no to the other shepherds, whether power or possessions or the praise of the people. Whatever those things would be, help them to say no to so they can experience you leading their lives. And for the believers here today, may they recommit their lives, their resources, their thoughts, their pocketbooks, their time and energy, their creativity for you, the expansion of your kingdom, joining you, the great warrior king, our shepherd, our savior. Lead us as we continue to worship you. In the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen.